0: benders alike welcome to braving the elements nickelodeon's podcast about all things avatar verse i'm janet varney
1: and i'm dante bosco and varney while i was shooting last week it sounds like you have some super fans on to argue which bending power is the best yeah and i can't say i'm surprised that firebending won I mean, it's not really a fair contest though you know with the other bending powers i mean when you think about it What could possibly compete with firebending?
0: Okay, see? Now, this is why we had to ask the listeners who made the best argument on that episode. Because nobody on this end of things could be trusted to be impartial enough. And I have to say, as much as I miss you, buddy, when you're not here, I kind of think we did an unintended favor to our superfan guest by not having you there. Again, not intentional and not desired originally. But if you had been there staring down everyone who was not arguing in favor of firebending, come on.
1: The firebenders would have attacked with just a look <laughs> through the video camera.
0: Yeah, you come in hot, buddy.
1: You come coming in hot. hot. Yeah. But I'm glad they won. I'm glad we won. I mean, I love all the, the benders. I love all the elements. I, I love being in balance. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we know Fire Nation's in the house. Fire Nation gets the win. <laughs> gets the W. So let's move on to today, Varney, because today we have a very, very special guest, who I know we've both been waiting to have on the podcast oh, since yeah. we started, yeah. right?
0: Long time coming.
1: So let's welcome the voice actor who plays Oyaji on this episode of Avatar, but what we all know him and what you might know him as
0: the, the Cabbage, Cabbage Merchant, Merchant. What? my cabbages. Because I'm shrieking so loud. <laughs> welcome to Braving the Elements, James C.
2: Oh,
1: Yay! James, you. welcome to the
2: show. Thank you. <sighs> I have to say, just right off, I feel like somewhat of a poser here. Because, because the, the hosts and the guests here on this podcast are these amazing people who have crafted... Well-drawn characters who have who has gone through twists and character arcs, and they they're full of emotionality and depth. And I come in every once in a while and shout two words, and I'm here. So it's it's, well, it's a little odd. What what did you think <laughs> though? Like when you
1: did the character when you first did it, and how did you first kind of like understand that this is something that the fans love?
2: Well. The first time I did it, what was it, episode three? Yeah, book one. Right. It was completely just, you know, one of three roles I was doing. So I was doing the guard that knocks down the cabbages.
0: Yes. And
2: the cabbage merchant. But, you know, it was just, I think at that time it was just merchant, right? And guard, and then there was another guard, maybe. So it was completely not even in my realm that it was going to be anything. Um, And the reason why his voice came out that way is because, oh, I have to play a guard, so the guard's got to be down here, so the the cabbage merchant's got to be up here somewhere, right? (laughs) Right. Rotten (coughs) cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? (gasps) Oh, my cabbages! So, you know, that's about the level of of research and background I did (laughs) on the cabbage (laughs) merchant, right? And, and, And then... Then they called me back and I was like, Oh, oh okay. And it started to become more of a recurring thing. Yeah, again, you know, he's only been on a handful of times.
0: And, and yet, yet, my friend Have
1: you ever seen a cosplay of oh, the Cabbage Man?
2: Many. Because I have uh, many.
0: Many. How <laughs> how are they?
1: How how are they? Amazing. I did a panel yeah. once, and a guy wow. came in with not just a cabbage man with real cabbages, but oh, he had yeah, a whole for cart. Sure. Whole cart. <laughs> my dude just busted into my panel
0: with a cart and cabbages, and the place That's went a wild. That's a show stealer. That is a show. I, it was stealer. a show stealer. I was like, the "What can we The Cabbage Merchant always steals the show in any circumstance. Why do
2: you think that is? Like, what is it about this guy who's only been in a handful of times?
1: Uh, you know, it's one of those things. I think it's just uh. It comes out of nowhere, but it's just one of those funny, just funny moments that the show has that they bring into the show amongst all, like you said, all these cra- crazy character arcs and this mm. drama and and these really heavy topical things that is amazing about the show. It's just like really breadth of kind of comedy that I think the whole audience kind of just connects with, um, mm. you know, for one reason or another. What do you think, Varney?
0: I agree. And I think, you know. There is that sort of inside joke language that happens with shows that people really love. And so the idea of having this character who has been boiled down, <laughs> if you'll pardon the expression, since that's a very common use for cabbage, but if you boil it down, this is a simple man who has one true love. It's really all that matters to him and still he is thwarted and his love is endangered and his cabbages are frequently in jeopardy. When we see him, there's a really good chance that something bad is gonna happen to his cabbages. So it's a little bit of wanting that to happen. It's a little bit feeling this empathy for him because you (laughs) don't want that to happen to him, but you do want it to happen. So I feel like it really packs a lot into these moments, but I think it is this kind of confluence of needing that comic relief Mm -hmm. The simplicity of a great recurring joke and then also recognizing you're one of us when someone screams my cabbages in a crowded room. When you don't know who is an Avatar fan, you can always scream Uh, my cabbages. And people will cheer or they will call it back. So I think there's some sort of, it's almost like that secret handshake thing that happens. And because this was a a show that garnered that kind of fandom pretty early on before Comic-Cons were what they are, And before, you know, when you just had to go into like a very basic chat room, you know, if you were even savvy enough to do. I was not savvy enough to know the early chat rooms and stuff. I had no experience with whatsoever. Right. So people are having to like seek it out. Like I need to talk about the show. I need to find my people. Maybe I feel marginalized in my own community. Maybe I don't. But where can I talk about the show I love? You had to like figure out how to get online to talk about it. So I think it's embedded that far deep and that far back is this <laughs> right. idea of like the Cabbage Merchant represents like we're in on something together. I, you probably did not expect me to do a college dissertation on heavy. it, but I definitely just got a degree. I just got a degree
1: right now. I have a heavy concept too. I think, you know, the show's about these kids saving the world. Right. And they're, they're doing fantastic things in this being all this stuff going on. But the Cabbage Merchant reminds us that there is a Cabbage Merchant in that world. Just a regular person that has to deal with all the madness going on. And we are, just us in our world, in the world, are just regular people and we are in this world too. Yet it it, it reminds us that even though all these fantastic things are going on, there are all these other people that are just living in you know the
0: what? world That's a really doing good their point. thing. You're right. He does wow. represent the every person. And that that superhero stuff, as we find out in The Legend of Korra, too, there's consequences to that, right? There's right. consequences to being a bender. There's consequences to creating a chaos behind you because you're destroying a poor merchant's way of living, a, a way of paying his rent or paying for his food on the table and all that. So, I mean, listen, we really did it. You showed up. You thought we were just going to be like glossed wow. over. We went in on the cottage well, merchant. We are getting into some, like, <laughs> communal principles. I think we've definitely, we've got some socialism happening. There's just a lot to be said. I feel a
2: lot more important now. So thank you for You're imbuing me with that. I mean, earlier in an, another episode, you, you talked with Andrea Romano and she talked about how humor was really important because there was so much dramatic stuff going on. Yes. And I think yeah. that the Cabbage Merchant is so deeply stupid in a way, The yeah. the, the, the premise of it. That, that this yeah. guy is here, that it's so deeply silly that it kind of gives you a little release out of all of this really strong tension and drama. So Yes. 100%. Agree 100%. Know.
0: And also we had John O'Brien, the writer, who we did find out on the podcast officially originated Cabbage Guy, and it was so funny to just hear him go like, I mean, I knew I wanted to have some kind of a merchant. You know, I probably tried on the idea of some other vegetables, but cabbages Broccoli, just seemed to stick. Gabbages. Maybe it felt the best and we were like, Oh, it's so fun to imagine it feeling so I mean, arbitrary to him at the time. James. There's T shirts. Oh, yes, there's cabbage oh. t shirts. Oh, there's, yeah.
1: there's 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 all of I've got there. a yeah. ba Sing
2: say T shirt with a big cabbage in the middle. Yes. Yeah. I, I got oh, a Funko sorry. Pop, that's pretty amazing. I mean, There's it's a huge. Funko Pop, which is amazing. Yeah.
1: It is amazing how certain characters pop out and become a part of pop culture, become a part of the zeitgeist, especially of, yeah. of, of Avatar, the Avatar world, but also of just a pop culture in general. And the characters like this that come out, I, look, we don't know anything in Hollywood. If we knew we'd make more of these things, we don't know. It's just things that's right. happened and, and that becomes important for one reason or another.
2: That's huh? right. I'm the where's the beef of Avatar. I'm (laughs) I'm the Clara Peller of Avatar.
0: I I might be hard-pressed to have the same meaningful conversation dissecting where's the beef. I might not be able to show up for that in the same way I just showed up for the Cabbage Merchant conversation. Well,
2: and the ironic thing is, you know, so I would come in once or twice a season, right? And once we realized that it was a great show, like once I started seeing it, oh, I was so happy to be part of it. But also uh, I wanted so much, oh can I play that guru? Can I do that? And I really wanted like a, a big, yes. meaty role. Yes. But it turns out like the Cabbage Merchant is this like, you know, it's like Cabbage Christmas all the time. Yeah. Where, <laughs> it's where, Cabbage where, Christmas. Right? Where it's just lived on and it who is. knew? The Cabbage
1: yeah. Merchant has
0: trumped all those guys. <laughs>
1: all right. He has his own Funko, all right? How many of those characters have a Funko Pop? That's what I want to
0: know. Yeah. All that being said, I understand your sense of perhaps wanting to be associated with these sort of deeper characters, Um, Mm. uh, 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 that makes sense. You've also been in everything as (laughs) a voice actor, actor, and you're also a writer. And so I actually really love That the Cabbage Merchant is not like somebody's nephew who happened to be in town and they were like, hey, you know what might be fun for you? Try out voice acting for a day. Just say these couple of lines and get out of here. (laughs) I actually love that this, as you said, like profoundly silly character is being voiced by this person who is himself profound and does so much great work and is oh, you know again you. writing literature that makes it that part of the avatar verse just a little sweeter to me you know i think it's so great so we also admire oh. you for all of your other astonishing wonderful fantastic work and being a, a delightful human being so um you're not oh, just the cabbage merchant you. but you are <laughs> the cabbage merchant
2: <laughs> and in a, in a way i felt like the cabbage merchant throughout recording the series because I would just kind of come in do my thing and then leave (laughs) I have no bearing on any of the action on any of the arcs I'm just I'm just plying my trade you know the journeyman so it's
0: very satisfying now the cabbage (laughs) merchant is famously not a bender yes No. no what kind of bender do you think you would be if you yourself were a bender
2: it can't be a Cabbage bender. That's that's not a thing. I mean, a, a Magical bed. ability
0: to have right. you the cabbages. You could wield them. D- yeah.
2: In
1: another universe, I'm sure he's bending cabbages and he's using he right. <laughs> cabbages right. as his weapon.
0: Right. I mean, Projectiles. he is in the Earth
1: Kingdom, and so that's like <laughs> how the swamp benders are bending the the vines. Yeah. You might be a water bender bending the water and the cabbage.
0: Oh. Yeah. Side note: two of my favorite cultural cuisines. I love sauerkraut, but Korean food and kimchi, I mean, cabbage is such a fundamental component of certain cuisines, cultural cuisines that I find to be the most delectable and wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I will go Mm -hmm. ahead and say I eat uh, pickled cabbage in some form or other on a extremely regular basis. So, I love to meet some cabbage. Your
2: gut must be very healthy. My gut is clean. have all probiotics in there.
0: I'm swimming (laughs) in probiotics. That cabbage is bending my gut. In the most healthy way.
2: I knew that you were going to ask me this question, and I was really surprised because I thought I would choose water. Um, I'm a water tiger for my astrological year, oh, and I yeah. realized though that I I'm very drawn to the earth bending. I don't know, mm. just watching all the things you could yes. do, especially if you're a metal bender as well. Yeah, and land is always around. You don't have to wait for you know some water. Good. And yeah. uh, you can protect yourself, you can transport yourself. So I, I would have to say Earth. That's yeah. cool, James. It's
0: great. That's and cool. you know what? Jean uh, Luen Yang... just a little bit of
2: a, you know, invest Listen, he's
0: always going to try to bring just you over bit. that firebending side, but I feel like James knows what he's talking about. And Jean Luen Yang also said <laughs> about earthbending, the idea of the permanence of it when you want it to be permanent. Like water sort of mm-hmm. goes back to being water or, you know, right. fire burns out. Whereas if you create this, you know, iconic giant mountain or the city of Omashu it's there baby right like, that's it, cool it lives on and is and is like a work of art that sort of exists outside of yourself so I think even then mm-hmm. we said oh it's interesting because as performers we're very ephemeral so there is a sort of air fire water quality yeah. to the performance but if you're a writer or a sculptor or a painter there is this I mean obviously there's a performance that's recorded but that's a little different um, than having right. you know this piece that's out there in the world that is like tangible so I think the earthbending mm-hmm. thing yeah. makes sculptors a lot of sense sculptors
1: are literal Earthbenders, aren't right. they like that's sculptors? Right. That's what yeah, that's that's what 100%. they do.
2: And I'm sorry, Dante, but speaking as a, an introvert, I'm afraid that fire is so extroverted that I I wouldn't I be able you. to handle it. I'd have to like hide out in a cave somewhere. So maybe yeah. the inner fire, James. Maybe you inner <laughs> fire.
0: Well, the center of the earth is molten core.
2: <laughs> molten core.
1: Fire. If you could teach me.
0: Running strong. All right. Exactly. You guys want to get into our little recap of Avatar Day? and Let's
1: go into Avatar Day. I it was going to be such a fun Avatar Day celebration, but it it's, wasn't. I it was know. Av- <laughs> it's very misleading.
0: It's right in the title. It's very misleading. When we find ourselves in this earth village uh, of Chin that is definitely celebrating, quote-unquote, Avatar Day, we've just come out of the swamp and that is an, it's just such an amazing episode and has so much depth and is so beautiful um, and strange and kind of lays some groundwork for some really great stuff that's to come. Very emotional episode. We find out that time is an illusion and so is death. One of the most profound things I get that gets said on the show and a lot of profound stuff gets said on the show. Of course I cried over that one a good bit. And now they are continuing their journey towards finding Aang, a new earthbending master, since we know it can't be boomy right now because he is imprisoned prison by the fire nation weirdly by choice if you are caught up you know that so i'm not gonna get too deep into that and so in this episode we have the gang stumbling into this avatar day
1: there's a holiday for the avatar who knew look they made a giant
0: Kyoshi float
1: and here comes avatar roku
0: having a huge festival in your honor is great but frankly it's just nice to be appreciated Turns out to be an anti Avatar day. And there's this whole drama, this historical drama that played out many years ago when Kiyoshi was the Avatar. And this town believes that Kiyoshi just out and out murdered their wonderful, perfect leader. And so they got to dig into what actually happened and how it's going to affect Aang and in the present. And then also we have Zuko over in his little area with Iroh in disguise, acting as the Blue Spirit. He's stealing food. Iroh has some mixed feelings about that. He's got to do what he's got to do. How dare you? Don't try to just write it off. <laughs> he's, this is he's a phase hungry. in Zuko's life where he's you, hungry. Think he's, you think he's heading towards something, and he is. But this pit stop episode of some choices that Zuko makes... Not his most shining moments, moments in season not his two. Best Maybe not his best moments. We learn more about Avatar Kyoshi and how Kyoshi Island was created. And I think we're ready, Dante. Why don't you start us off? What's happening at the beginning of the episode?
1: Let's go. Well, the gang sleeps in a forested area, and sock has a spiderweb over his mouth. Some people might argue it's one of the more horrible things to have happened on the show. Right, yeah, it, skee-
0: it yeah. skeeved
2: me out. Yeah. Right,
0: it's it super scary. skeevy. I, that's like a fear of mine that I'm not sure has any basis in reality. That somehow my mouth will be open while I'm asleep, and a spider will build a web, a web over the cave of my mouth.
1: They say we eat a good amount of spiders in our sleep. No, over I don't. Our believe, I refuse to I believe that. I don't believe it. Pounds. No, no, they
0: do not say we eat pounds of spiders. <laughs> <laughs> don't try pounds to sneak that in like it's like it's true. Don't Google. <laughs> well, we it. do not eat them. And if you thought that was
1: bad, Janet, suddenly the Fire Nation soldiers appear. Oh, Bam! Team Avatar has to get out of there quickly. They have to act fast to save Katara's Scrolls and Ang stuff. Sokka's boomerang doesn't make it now. He's he's now he's just the ponytail guy, not
0: boomerang guy. <laughs> you know, what you lose your left? little
1: boomerang, Sokka, and he just feels worthless. You know, yeah. the yeah. gang ends up in an Earth Kingdom village just in time for Avatar Day. A whole day devoted to the Avatar, oh. with a giant Kyoshi and Roku, and and even
0: Aang, showing a little teeth. Yeah, very toothy, very toothy. Now a torch. That's
1: a nice prop. It's bright, dangerous, smells manly, but I'm not sure I could carry it off. Hey, what's that guy doing? Ah! Down with the Avatar! Down! With- and then they're all set on fire. I was like, whoa, whoa, what's uh, happening here? Avatar Burning Man happening going on right now. <laughs> Could you imagine seeing like a sculpture or something uh, erected to you, which would be already kind of, oh, that's odd. And then like, yeah. now we're going to set it on fire. You're like, oh. Are we going to dance around it now? What are we doing?
0: (laughs) Egg, yeah, he sort of takes it all in stride, even when he's just seeing the giant statue. He's like, I've never seen a me that big before. And then, yeah, it is immediately... Just They're all just set on fire. Now, elsewhere, as these guys suddenly just are confronted with the exact opposite of what they thought was going to be true about Avatar Day, elsewhere in the Earth Kingdom, we see that that blue spirit is indeed up to his old tricks. You know what? I realize I don't even know if his old tricks included stealing food and supplies. Yeah,
1: not his old tricks. His old tricks was stealing the Avatar.
0: It still seems more noble than just, like, stealing someone's hard-earned snacks. Um, And he brings them back to Iroh. They're in a cave, which is even a step lower down, uh, arguably than where they were when they were just sort of hiding out in, you know, little huts and villages and stuff. Now they're full on in a cave and Iroh is, you know, he's not loving it. Tilly so takes a bite of a pastry, then suddenly he feels pretty okay about Zuko stealing this food. Can't blame him. He loves a, a, a delicious meal. Uh, back where the avatars are being burned, Katara can't stand it. So she just decides she's got to waterbend that fire out. And Aang, then kind of propelled forward by Katara and never wanting to leave her in the lurch, also sort of he appears and clearly airbends and is in front of his own giant thing being burned in effigy or whatever and says you know I'm the avatar this is me you guys are doing this and I am here and you sort of think maybe there will be a moment where people go ooh um, like awkward uh, what happened was uh, you know what maybe we do but they are relentless they don't care they are booing him they're like kind of mooning him no maybe there's just like a like a raspberry sound that gets made but um, Mayor Tong is just immediately like no we absolutely don't want you here you're not welcome here we can't trust the avatar uh you did something very very bad in a past life and um, i also just wanted to quickly point out while we're talking about that giant ang statue is that they've got his hand holding i think it's a ball of air that he's known to generate and travel around on uh, otherwise known as his air scooter and it reminds me of like when we see cosplayers bending ang sometimes they'll have a sort of handmade ball of air represented in some way. So I, I thought that was kind of great. was like, oh, his little ball of air. Sure. Nice cosplay. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so we find out that Kiyoshi, quote unquote, murdered the leader of this village, Chin the Great, but Hanks like, I can't believe this. I cannot believe that Kiyoshi would have done something like that, that it would be that simple. Please let me prove my innocence. I'll stand trial. I, whatever needs to happen. And I think he has some confidence that he's going to make bail at least, but they don't take Water Tribe money. So he is definitely in jail. Sokka thinks, like, why don't you just airbend yourself out? You know, you're we, the Avatar. You know you can do this. And he's like, no, that's not going to help things the way they are now. People don't trust me. I'm the Avatar. I can't use my powers on this one. I have to rely on the two of you. You've got to go out there, gather what information you need to show that that can't be the story. It can't be as simple as that. Good luck solving that 370-year-old mystery. And don't worry, Sokka is super into being a Sherlock Holmes of the (laughs) Avatarverse. So he is uh, on top of it we hope. And then really quick, we zing over to where the Blue Spirit is. I guess he's basically become a stagecoach rapper. I mean, there is this kind of greedy guy who's just counting his gold in a stagecoach. <laughs> I think the Blue Spirit essentially like rips the top off and just takes that little chest of gold. And he's got a, a nice box of gold pieces, so I'm sure he'll be able to get some fun stuff with that. I'm still not loving what's happening there. Uh, James, tell us more about what's happening with. Sherlock, Sokka, and uh, Katara back over with those guys.
2: And just to talk about Sokka, I love that kind of steampunk Sherlock yes. Holmesian stuff it's with so the hat steampunk. and the, the eye thing. It, and it's so Sokka as well. So Yes. Anyway, yeah, he so loves those Sokka, he and Katara are kind of trying to prove Aang's innocence. So they're inspecting the area of the alleged crime. Um, they see a little footprint where Kiyoshi stood to push Chin off the cliff. And Sokka inspects a statue. Um, three hundred seventy right years there. ago.
0: And there's still a footprint, a real convenience. right <laughs> there. Well, you Preserve
2: know, they probably footprint. preserved it. I'm just they saying. A I resin. like it. I'm just saying. Touche. <laughs> Touche. Right. Things seem a little suspicious as far as whether this actually happened. And they find out that the temple and the statue were built at the same time. So This temple and this statue were cut from the same stone. And we know that the statue was built
1: after Chin died. So if they were built at the same time, that means...
2: Shh! I want to solve it! That means Kiyoshi never set foot in this temple. They think that Kiyoshi never even set foot in the temple because of the, the way the timeline plays out. Yeah. Um, but Sokka thinks they need more evidence and that they should go back to Kiyoshi Island, which I'm very glad they did because I, I could know, be in right? this episode. Oh. Yeah, um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and then we cut back to Aang and uh, he's in the cell and his cellmates are an elephant mouse. Is that is that what it is? An elephant mouse?
0: I think so. I mean, it's definitely is like mostly mouse? a mouse in mouse size, but it sure has an elephant looking <laughs> trunk. So. Elf Which is mouse. really cute, actually. It's pretty cute. And oh, it's, it's, pretty it's, cute. It's, it's
1: cool to take the biggest
0: animal and the smallest animal and yeah. put it together. <laughs> yeah, they had to see what would happen on that one.
2: And then on the human side, there's like this really intense dude that has a bald head and tattoos, and he kind of bonds with Aang over the bald head and the tattoos, so
0: it's That's kind right. of
1: nice.
2: Now it's time for
1: Sok and Katara, and Momo's triumphant return to Kiyoshi Island. Bowling mouth yeah. guy. Can't believe it's happening, but, guy. but there's no way. Katara tells Oyaji about how the town of Shin considers Kiyoshi a murderer. Oyaji's going to take them to Kiyoshi's shrine. It's impressive that Saka waits as long as he does to ask about Suki, because Suki, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. Yeah, so, that's right, because we were there, yeah. Kiyoshi at Suki.
0: Yeah, so what's going on with, not that I care, but uh how's Not so, that I so care, so Susie, but I have a friend she... around here. You know her? Have you seen her or
1: anything? <laughs> But she and yeah. the other Kyoshi warriors are fighting in the war. Bummer. Yeah. The relics in the shrine are very connected to Kyoshi's spirit. Her feet were huge, <laughs> but the footprint was small. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. Mm. Katara's really spoiling Sokka's Sherlocking by deducing things before he does. Yeah. But... Shouldn't we check back in with Aang in jail? He seemed like he could be in some real trouble.
0: Okay, yeah. So we saw this prisoner with his bald head and his tattoos, and it's kind of hard to tell. You know, James, you pointed it out. It's like, is he complimenting Aang on his tattoos and bald head, or is that like the inse- like the beginning of taking someone down? Like, is it going to be a good thing or a bad thing? Not to worry, because Aang is fully kicking it with all the other prisoners. (laughs) Turns out they're super cool and supportive. They might look a little intimidating, but they are completely on board for whatever it is that that Aang's talking about. And then it becomes clear that Aang has actually told him about his feelings for Katara. So he just laid it bare. He's just sweet and trusting, and these guys are... Fortunately proved worthy of his trust. He has said it like, what do I do? And they're like, no, you got to be honest about your feelings. You got to be honest with this girl about how you feel. So uh, so I guess he's OK. Let's check back with the the shrine uh, <laughs> over on Kiyoshi Island. And we find out that the shrine to Kiyoshi was founded 370 years ago to the day, which is exactly what Mayor Tong said about the anniversary of Chin's murder. So they happened on the exact same day. I'm I'm pretty sure Sokka does a dry spit take in this moment, which I'm not sure I've ever seen anyone do. <laughs> that's like a real achievement if you could do a spit take, but it's just dry air. Uh, I feel like that's what happens. Anyway, they figure out that the mural that depicts the moment that the shrine was dedicated must have happened at sunset because it was you know, perfectly rendered to exactly what was happening in that moment. And that shows us it's just another reason that Kiyoshi couldn't have committed this crime all the way over in this completely other place. So... They've got to tell the mayor. Maybe this will be the thing that proves, you know, we found the evidence. You've got to back off on this idea of the Avatar being horrible. Side note, we do need to give a shout out to the great James Hong, who is so, so so fabulous. and Legendary. Legendary Legendary James Legendary. Talk to us, James.
2: And could I say that uh, I just last night saw Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah. It's the the new Michelle Yeoh movie. Yeah, yeah. yes. It's an amazing movie and James Hong is in it and he has a pretty major part. Oh, and you're gosh. thinking oh, he is a older person and yeah. he yeah. is killing it in oh, this kind of over the top so scenario of of multiverses and he is amazing. So it's yeah, oh, he's a great I love James. great guy.
0: Yeah. And I love knowing that he is still just Knocking it dead. Like, that is fabulous. Yeah. He's fantastic. <laughs> but we're hearing about this 372 years ago to the day moment. That is exactly what Mayor Tong said about the anniversary of Chin's murder. So they do tell Mayor Tong about this, but his version of justice is just not great.
1: Then how can I prove my innocence?
2: Simple. I say what happened, and then you say what happened, and then I decide who's right. <gasps> That's why we call it justice, because it's just us.
0: And then tackles uh, this sort of crazy, wonderful cackle. Uh, I guess he's used to getting things his way, right, James? Yes. And
2: that is a kind of a patented James Hong cackle. It's just... It's
0: it just is. Sort of, You're so right. You know? Good point.
2: Yeah. So now we go into the trial, and Aang pleads his case while he's in the stockades.
0: Thank you for knowing what that is. <laughs> I well, was like, it's "What very... call?" I can't. I'm... I couldn't remember. It's not a
2: very effective stockade either, because <laughs> he not. can just easily get in and out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And bless him, Ang is not doing a really good job of of presenting his case. He he takes all no. of the stuff that Katara and Sokka have found, but he doesn't present it in a way that sounds like he's innocent at all. Nope. um So that's too bad. And you know. Sokka thinks, oh, sh-, you know, he's dead. Uh-huh. Wah, wah. And then <laughs> we get to check in. And this is one of my favorite scenes w- between Iroh and Zuko. And, you know, they're in this cave and, and there's this beautiful tea set. And, you know, you could feel like uh, Zuko's wondering, you know, don't you like this tea set? And, and uh, Iroh is thinking, no, I don't need anything fancy. The tea yeah. tastes good no matter what it's in, which is just so great. Do you like your new teapot? To be honest with you, the best tea tastes delicious, whether it comes in a porcelain pot or a tin cup. And you can tell that Zuko is still fixated on finding the avatar. And Iroh's trying to gently counsel him that it's not that simple, like life isn't that simple. Um, I was wondering, Dante, did you do those scenes uh, together or separately? Yeah, we did did a lot. Me and Marco try to work together as much as we can.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we did most so I, Because there's such you know. a
2: nice flow. Yeah. And there's yeah. such an, an intimacy. And just the nuance of that scene is just so, it's so touching and so beautiful. So anyway, so uh, Iroh is kind of giving him these pearls of wisdom, something many of us had to tell ourselves at some point that, you know, that it's not that simple. But you get the sense that Zuko might not be hearing what he's saying. Yeah. No, Zuko, you must never give in to despair. Allow yourself to slip down that road and you surrender to your lowest instincts. In the darkest times, hope is something you give yourself. That is the meaning of inner strength.
0: I saw that quote used on even just checking in on social media during the hardest times of the pandemic people really turned to this show and that was a quote that i saw fans post a lot um oh. that they did that, that was something they really needed uh to hear and so it just shows you you know oh this kids show that was so much more than a kid show and happiness. remains so much more than have, a kid show happiness. is the you know bringing you those quotes that you can sit with and feel comforted by even in things that are happening today and I love how timeless that is.
2: And, you know, and you also get the sense that Zuko is hearing it, but we don't know how he's going to react to it. Yeah. Right. And that's a great way to kind of cliffhang that part yes. of it.
0: Yes. indeed.
2: From remembering the scene and
1: remembering just Mako, and it's very interesting as you kind of grow up. It's like one of those characters, like, when you're young, you're very Zuko, and then as you get older, <laughs> years later, it's like you're very Iroh. Yes. You know what I'm saying? There becomes a, There's like that switch in what goes on in that. life and great i
0: love that
1: anyhow we go back to the trial and katara's trying to fix Aang's horrible testimony by summoning avatar kiyoshi herself and yeah. it's uh dang and kiyoshi's clothes <laughs> which is funny and of course the makeup I and mean, you can't just show up in the clothes if you're gonna do a kiyoshi you gotta that's right you gotta wear the makeup that's he has right. a very beat mug. I know, I know. <laughs> and Aang continues his winning streak by doing a terrible Kiyoshi impression,
0: Ugh. and
1: Mertong Tong is over it, not having it at all. No. But before he can give his verdict, all of a sudden a Tornado whirls around Aang, and Kiyoshi appears. Bam! Which I yeah. was awesome. Thank goodness. I 1st you you're like, good, here it comes. Yeah. But then it turns out She did kill Jin, who was horrible. (laughs) You're like, oh, my goodness. He wanted to rule every inch of the Earth Kingdom. Kyoshi split off her homeland from the mainland, which is a big deal. But she didn't actually kill him. He ends up falling off the edge of the cliff.
0: She certainly created the opportunity for that to happen in that she she fully separated a giant swath of land and turned it into right. an island and he like petulantly kind of he was too close to the boundary line, line and then yeah. he got
2: you know and not to get too political about it but it just kind of mirrors a lot of what's going on oh, so much these days right so with people who are wanting to be autonomous yeah. you know rule yes. themselves and the larger country trying to absorb them
0: very much so absolutely beautifully pointed out so we have this confession, so to speak, in that Kiyoshi appears and she definitely doesn't say, you know, guess what? I'm here. Everyone could stop worrying. I definitely didn't do this horrible thing. Instead, so she shows up and right. is like, yeah, I did it. Um, I'm going to go yeah, ahead and own that. Uh, this is why this happened. And... And then she's gone. And Aang is sort of, you know, coming to. He was, he sort <laughs> of just checks out when Kiyoshi's in. And uh, Katara unfortunately has to be the one to tell him that uh, Kiyoshi actually kind of confessed to the thing that she's been accused of. So this has not gone the direction that we thought it would go. Instead, he is, continues to be in trouble and now has to face the wheel of punishment. It's
1: like, and now I'm going to jail.
0: Oh, the stuff that's on that punishment wheel is so good. It's like... There's so many different things on that wheel. It's like, get eaten by a shark, get this happen, get that happen. It's a really, really funny wheel. Everyone wants it to be community service that Aang gets. Unfortunately, that is not what happens. Again, you sort of think like, oh, I see where this is going. He did get the Wheel of Punishment, and he is guilty, but it's going to land on community service. Surely that is going to be what happens. But no, uh, he doesn't. Meanwhile, Zuko... Comes back, he's taken some time away from Iroh. He comes back to Iroh, he says... Uncle, I thought a lot about what you said. You did?
2: Good, good.
1: It's helped me realize something. We no longer have anything to gain by traveling together. I need to find my own way.
0: And again, much like the parallel world of what's happening with Aang, where I think as a viewer we sort of have an expectation of where this is going to go, the expectation for me, at least... And you can I would love to hear what you guys think. But, you know, he comes back and says he thought about it. My expectation is Iroh's right. We all know Iroh's right. Zuko just needed a minute to figure out that Iroh was right. And he's going to come back and say, yes, I figured this out. And instead... He tells Iro they shouldn't be traveling together anymore. They're just in different places. They want different things. Iro doesn't understand Zuko, and it's not going to work. And it's awful. It's heartbreaking. It's so yeah. heartbreaking. Oh, I'm so mad at Zuko in this episode. I'm still so. I gotta have some patience.
1: He needs some space, Ronnie. He's he gone through space. a lot.
0: He's got he a lot have
1: to learn. can't Oh, Uncle Iro, with
2: me on this one. We're not. In
1: it. He's in an outlaw state. He's upset. Mm-hmm. It's a process.
2: Yeah. Well, and I love how Iroh doesn't try to persuade him more, doesn't strong-arm him. He just realizes that this is what Zuko needs at this moment. So that showed great wisdom. Ugh, Iroh.
0: Iroh! Yeah. You're absolutely right. I mean, he sends him, he even gives him the ostrich horse. So as we teased before, back in Chin, Aang is spinning that wheel, and he lands on boiled in oil... So that's yeah. not great. And as I no. mentioned, if you have that Avatar art book that we talk about all the time, you actually can see and and enjoy the punishments a little bit more. Bed of nails, whipping post, boiled in oil, eaten by a shark, razor pit, mauled by a bear, burned at the stake, and community service. So uh, <laughs> before An can meet his fate, however, so here's our deus ex machina all of these opportunities to have one, including Kiyoshi. I mean, that's a classic deus ex machina in a very real sense. And none of those things lead where we think. But finally, something is going to stop this from happening to Aang. Ironically, it's that Fire Nation soldiers arrive to take over the village. And, you know, sorry Chin, but that seems to be what you were doing with everyone else back in the day. So, here comes the Fire Nation saying, yeah, you know what? Uh, I guess this village is going to be along the Fire Nation now. And they destroy the statue of Chin immediately. And Mayor Tong and the rest beg the avatar for help, uh, you know, Let's just say, you know what, we will give you community service <laughs> if right. you'll just help us. In fact, this probably would be the community service, now that I'm thinking about it. And Aang does fly right into action. He even uses Kyoshi's fans, which I think is really fun to get to see an airbender using Kyoshi's uh, weapons. Very, very cool. And we now know because they've sort of claimed it, they've shouted out their own name, that this is actually a very specific gang from the Fire Nation called the Rough Rhinos. And they are out to set the town on fire. It's Awful. Katara definitely also steps up and is not going to see this village burn. Sokka does his own part, too. Of course, he doesn't have his beloved boomerang. And just when he needs it most, guess what? He gets it back because it was taken by the very Fire Nation people that were there trying to sack the village. So there's his boomerang. It's a beautiful moment, beautiful karmic moment. And he gets to use it. And Aang is facing off with the kind of roughest of the rhinos. And it's a real fire versus air thing. Very, very, very glad to say that Aang wins in this situation. And Mayor Tong declares a new kind of Avatar Day to commemorate.
2: From now on, we'll celebrate a new Avatar Day in honor of the day Avatar Aang saved us from the rough rhino invasion.
0: Because they defeated firebenders, uh, there can be no, no fire. Used to celebrate this day. So instead of cooking food, which reminds us all the positive ways that firebending could serve yeah. you and fire could serve you, mm-hmm. you're going to be eating just weird, runny, sad dough. That's your reward for the saving of the town and this new Avatar Day. Just go ahead and eat that gummy, eat that uncooked, dough. possibly make you sick <laughs> dough. Cream. They
2: could have had ice cream. Here's some unfried dough. And kids, do not eat uncooked dough. Just don't, don't you do
0: it. eat that dough.
2: No. no.
0: Attention amateur detectives, are you dabbling in sleuthing but afraid no one will take you seriously? Show them you're on the case with Sokka's Steampunk Futo hat. This hat, based on the famous Chinese Zhangjiao Futo, has been outfitted with a special extending monocle for all that suspicious fine print. You're a detective who deserves respect, no? Sokka's Steampunk Futo hat. Order now. Uh, So that's the episode. It's a good one. I feel like, you know, my takeaway, and I'm sure you guys agree, is, you know, everything that happens on the Team Avatar side is is all great and moves the the action forward in some way. But what's Mm -hmm. going on with Zuko and Iroh is the real...
1: The drama's going on. The real drama drama of the episode, right? It's part of the arc that's happening. I think at this point when we first saw it, we didn't know the arc was happening. We were just thinking, I mean, Zuko could really go to the dark side now. If he met Azula right now, if she didn't kill him, it, he'd be like you know what let's just Ooh, let's just maybe go so i shudder to think
0: I don't think we had a ton of new hybrid animals that we discovered in this episode. Um, It's Just things we've seen before, unless I'm mistaken. Listeners, if I'm wrong, please, please correct me via social media. But, James, we do love to do something at the end of our recap episodes where we discuss who we think had the most valuable bending moment in the episode and who had the most valuable non-bending moment in the episode. We never know what we're going to say. So I'm always interested to hear what comes up organically. For everybody, after we've had this discussion, how's everybody feeling? Most valuable bending. I don't
1: know. There's a lot of more non bending than bending in this episode. This is I not think a you're right. big bending
2: episode. Yeah. Well, but the background here we go. of Kyoshi using her wind <gasps> yeah. power to yes. to separate the separate. island yes. Yes. and then coming back in the present, I think she's right. the MVP of this episode yes. as far as bending is concerned.
1: Love it. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. She did come back. Right. She didn't really leave Aang with a lot of answers. <laughs> she was just like, 370 years, I did that. Peace <laughs> out. Later. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> like, what? You're like, why did you yeah. come back and say that? Oh, like, yes. Why would you come in here and yeah. tell me
2: that story?
1: That's not the story I wanted to hear. Remember how
0: they said I did this thing? I did. Peace. Oh, Is this no. the
2: first time that a past avatar is... Come up without him like going into an avatar state or
0: no, Roku's
2: come and got him. Oh, he has, but okay. that's an
0: interesting one, and I think I even remember asking about that during the record because it's when in the deserter, when you're talking about Zhang Zhang, yeah. So, Zhang Zhang, he thinks he's seen by Roku. Well, like Roku appears and says, You will teach. Aang how to firebend you don't want to you say you're not going to but I'm Avatar Roku and I'm telling you as a fellow firebender you will be doing this but my argument was is that true because in the end he doesn't end up becoming Aang's firebending teacher but I think when we were talking about it we decided no he still had to learn that lesson Aang still had to learn a little bit of firebending so that he could be too excited about firebending with the wrong firebending teacher Katara had to get burned so that she could find out that she has the healing power of water healing. So it's this whole mm. kind of series of fateful events. Anyway, right. so long story long, James, I think the answer <laughs> turned out to be uh, this is not the first time the Avatar has just sort of conjured itself without Aang being in the Avatar just state. I think that's self. the just only other time. Yeah. Okay. It's a great question. We both agree with you, James. Let's give it up to Kiyoshi. And I love... Again, you're so right about the earth bending and the sort of gravity. I mean, again, I just keep using these metaphors that are way too on the nose. But they really give you that time to feel the earth being pulled apart. And just the intensity of that as this island is being formed, I think it really lands. It really, really works. And it's a great moment and fascinating to think about. Oh, okay, so that's how this became an island. We might have thought it was like volcanic activity, like we usually think of when we think of islands being formed. No, in fact kiyoshi did it to protect her people what about and dante you warned us there's a lot of really important non-bending stuff that happens in this episode what do you guys think is one of the if not the most important non-bending moment
1: i mean like you gave that lesson about uncle iroh however it didn't actually work for zuko in the moment doesn't mean it's not a great non-bending it's a really classic non-bending moment it's like one of the most popular lines from the show and like you said a lot of people quote it all the time and it means a lot but it didn't really impact Zuko the way that we
0: all thought. Didn't it, though? Well, all of that goes mm-hmm. in the bank. I think all of that it's has in the bank. to... When you talk
2: about the hero's journey, you always need to separate from the mentor. You have to. So even though it wasn't the intended consequence of his words, it did propel him to make the break. And I think that's that was really important.
0: See, this is why we have writers on the show. Because they remind us of the, the heroes' journey. This is why and we have the within. Cabbage Man on the
1: show. You didn't know Cabbage Man <laughs> knows that, but he knew it the whole time.
0: And P.S., great job as Oyaji. Great character. Oh, super fun you. to see him in there. Yeah. A lot of people may not make the association because they're so fixated on you as a cabbage merchant as we understand that you did a wonderful wonderful job in this episode and it's it was so fun to go back to Kiyoshi Island. I'm always on board for a trip yeah, back to Kiyoshi too. Island for sure. Tough not to see Suki and the Kiyoshi warriors Such though. A fun place Reminds to visit. you there's a yeah. war going on, you know what I mean? No, Saka, you can't just see the girl you like. There's a war happening. She is out there risking her life. It's a right. super bummer right. thing to end on, but <laughs> 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 nevertheless, Sorry, nevertheless, Zogi. oh, this has been such a treat! Oh my goodness, James, I hope you'll come back on the show. You're wonderful.
2: Oh, you guys are! I I can't tell you how much I'm blown away by your performances in this universe. Mm. I'm tongue-tied because you guys gave me so much when I was watching it. So to see you in person is just wonderful. Oh, thank so, you, James. Thank you. Yeah. yeah.
0: See, Zuko will live up to his firebending, cool guy reputation. I will only exhibit the dorkiest, most awkward moments that Korra has. And (laughs) 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 And I'm I'm great with it. And I'm great with it. (laughs) Where can people find you? What should they be checking out? What Mm -hmm. are you excited about, proud of? Anything that you would like to send people off to enjoy and cherish in your canon of work?
2: I'm currently recording more of this show called Stillwater. Yes. Wow. It's for younger kids and it's just a wonderful series about being mindful about owning your feelings and, and understanding your feelings It's it's based on Zen Shorts by John wow. Moose and yeah. I get to play Stillwater, the panda. Wow. And even for me, when I'm feeling very anxious, and a lot of people are feeling anxious these days, I watch those episodes, and it's like this cool balm yeah. that mm-hmm. I can put on me that just is great. And James, you're a panda? I am. Pandas have been very good to me.
0: It's a good companion piece to Avatar. It's amazing.
2: <laughs> and then, as we're recording this, today is Trans Day of Visibility. And in honor of that, I just wanted to point out that I have a book It's a YA novel called All Kinds of Other, and um, it's out in paperback now. Um, It's a queer love story between two boys, one cisgender and one transgender. Amazing. Um, it means a lot to me, and I, I learned so much while researching and writing it, wow. so if you're at all interested in the subject, it's it can give you a lot of uh, good advice and perspective
0: on the whole I'm situation. so excited that you've written this book. I cannot wait to read it. Oh my gosh, what a fun treat for us all. And I'm impressed.
1: The Cabbage Man wrote the amazing book. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I've got
2: to do something in between the harvesting and harvesting selling. And- harvesting. <laughs> after the farmer market there's some time to write books <laughs> there's sometimes especially when your crop is decimated you got to do something you got to do something uh,
0: i love it i know that this is a an audience of people who are going to take that and run with it and read the book and cherish it and we're talking about a show that already broke through some boundaries and some ceilings mm-hmm. that it was ahead of its time in doing and so what a perfect way to move through the end of this episode is to give people something else to cherish in that way so thank you thank you thank you James so much for coming on I suppose someone will probably yell at us if we didn't let you just say my cabbages so if you feel like you <laughs> want to tag the episode with that um, I'm sure people wouldn't hate it Feel free.
2: All right. I don't want to blow up the mic.
0: (laughs) Go down a little bit.
2: (laughs) All right. You ready?
0: Ready. My cabbages! Yes! Yes! So satisfying, everyone. Thank Thank you you. so much. Thanks again, James. We (laughs) will talk to you next week on Braving the Elements.
1: Thanks for listening to Avatar, Braving the Elements. And make sure to subscribe and please leave us a review. It really helps the podcast so much. And me and Janet really appreciate
0: it. You can follow me on social media at the JV Club on Instagram and at Janet Varney on Twitter.
1: And I'm at Dante Bosco on both of those.
0: Next week, we're talking to the voice actress who plays Zuko's girlfriend, May. Of course, we're talking about Cricket Lee.
1: We'll see you next Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.